It's working. It's working. Excellent. Hi, this is Dad Pods. I'm Shane. And I'm Michael. Uh, what are we doing tonight, Michael? Well, we're introducing a brand new segment for you, our loyal listeners. Listener. Listener. If <laughs> Whoever it might be. It might be us. <laughs> it might be us. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I will make it a, a dad mission here right on the stop. I, I actually have not, except for the one episode that you had me uh, edit, I have actually not listened to a single episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have a tough time listening to my own voice. That's all right. Uh, it's weird because when I talk, I like to hear myself talk. Well, see, this, this, this is very much a, a record only kind mm-hmm. of podcast. Yeah. So we're starting a new segment called Dad Watch. And uh, we're going to watch movies, and we're going to mm-hmm. talk about them. Yeah. So uh, the first movie that we decided to go ahead and uh, pick was uh, 2005's Batman Begins. Yes. So uh, let's go ahead, and um, I'll start with a, with a, with a short recap. Uh, put the timer on. I have no idea how long it's going to take. Um, right. So it's the, uh, it's the first Batman origin story. In fact, we don't see Batman in costume until right around the one-hour mark of the movie. Um, so uh, young Bruce, kid Bruce, uh, falls in a well and is scared by bats. That's one thing that happens. Uh, Batman's parents are killed in the theater. Did you know that Batman's parents were killed, Mike? Uh, I think I've seen that in like six movies. Yeah, uh, this was uh, one of them the, hmm. where you actually see them get killed. Uh, you know, it's not just a, a it's not just a kind of grainy uh, flashback. It's actually fairly gritty and uh, kind of uh, meaningful, I think. Hmm. Um, uh, Nolan, right before right before they are killed, of course, he gets uh, hits hits us with the metaphor of the opera they were seeing, which was the Fighter Mouse, hmm. which is the uh, Johann Strauss uh, opera, which is the bat it's, you know, metaphor. Yeah. Um, uh, Gary Oldman, who hasn't Gary Oldman always looked about forty five years old, between forty five and fifty five years old, yeah. no matter what age he's in, like going all the way back to like uh, the mid eighties when he started to look, you know, past his twenties. He looked 45 and then he, I think he could still pass for like 45 today. Oh yeah. It helped that he was a uh, Dracula and they, yes. they had to make him so cool. kind of unending and unaging. Yeah. I think that helps. But like, it just seems like, like he, he played the Harry Potter character and that was, you know, that's right. Yep. He was supposed to be what? 38 at tops. And he was probably almost 60 years old at the time. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's there. He 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 comforts uh, young Bruce at the hospital, or not not the hospital, at the police uh, station. Uh, Bruce, a uh, little a little bit older, Bruce wants to take revenge. Uh, he's denied that chance by uh, by a young man by by the mob. He wants to uh, you know kill the guy that killed his parents because he's in jail. And uh, spoiler alert, he's unable to do it. There's lots of spoiler alerts. Just guys, there's spoiler alerts. We're gonna spoil the whole movie. The whole movie is spoiled. Yeah. Batman wins. Um, so, uh, Bruce takes off, uh, he's shamed by his, uh, kind of girlfriend, uh, Rachel Dawes, uh, he wants to live with, uh, criminals and learn how to be a criminal and learn how, what they, what they, how they think, how they do things, all that stuff. Um, he is found by the League of Shadows in Ra's al Ghul, though he knows him at the time as a guy named Ducard. I had written on here, Locard, and you were right, it's Ducard. Locard, I think, was a scientist from like the 1800s. Okay. See, I only know this because when I watch movies now, I always leave the, the subtitles on. Which Really? That's interesting. Every time. It's hmm. it's the way to go. I think as you okay. get older, like never a question of what they're saying. And I, okay. I simultaneously listen and, and read. Okay. 
This is a, um, this is a, this a dad hint. Dad hint for middle-aged dad dads. Hint. I did. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a confession to make. I um on, on a previous or dad mission to make on a previous podcast that talked about uh, how uh, we watched uh, The Godfather with my son, mm. and you know it was traumatic by the horse's head. We watched The Godfather two mm. over the weekend. Um, also an excellent movie. Long is all get out. Super long. Super yeah. long. And basically half the movie is a foreign film mm-hmm. because it's all in Italian. So yep. you do get the, the, I think that was kind of the first foreign film that my kid has watched with it where you have to, mm. but anyway, this is going to take a lot longer than I thought if I'm, if it's taking. Oh yeah. Time. We're already past three minutes. <laughs> um, so this is a 30 second recap that's taken 30 minutes, uh, three minutes. Uh, so he leaves a uh, found by the league of shadows. They train him, make him a super ninja. Um, but he won't kill for them. So when he when they force him to kill for him, he uh, uh, inadvertently destroys their lair and thinks he actually kills Razal Ghul, played by Ken Watanabe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but spoiler alert: Ken Watanabe is actually not Razal Ghul. Um, and he comes back to Gotham, picked up in the plane, private plane by uh, uh, Alfred, uh, and he goes back and and lives as Bruce Wayne, and he starts creating this Batman persona. Uh, you know, creates a costume, gets a car, gets all kinds of weapons, mm-hmm. makes all kinds of weapons. Um, I think the car is awesome. Mm-hmm. I know that some people don't like the fact that it doesn't look like the quote unquote Batmobile, but it's a friggin' tank with huge tires and it can go, it can drive on the things. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I didn't realize people didn't like that car because I, it seems like each batman iteration they go through a new car like the the tim burton batman car was pretty and famous they're all kind of the same it's all kind of like a long cadillac-y sort of uh sports car right but the the tim burton one was famous because the that engine in the front was like a jet turbine engine very sure. different than yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. adam west one which kind of looked like a right. corvette you know like that yeah but it's yeah. not but it, but they're all like these really long cars that don't look particularly maneuverable right you know, because they're so long. I mean, if you've ever tried to like make a three-point turn on a really long car, you can't. Yeah, this is the bat, the, yeah, bat the bat tank. The bat tank, very different. Yeah, and it's also not very long, so you can actually, you know, turn really easily. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a podcast auditory medium, and I am miming a car turning on the road. So just so you guys know, I was doing that. Um, the car is awesome. Uh, he takes on the mob. Uh, finds out about a plot to send fear-inducing drugs into the water supply by Dr. Fraser Crane. It's mm-hmm. actually not Dr. Fraser Crane, oh. but it is Dr. Crane. Dr. Fraser Crane is, of course, Fraser from television. Yes, the scrambled but, eggs guy. Yeah, but I kind of like the idea. I want, I want to call him Dr. Fraser Crane because they're both psychologists. I actually don't know his first name. I only know it's Dr. Crane. I so believe I'll... it's Jonathan, but they never oh. talk to him. They never say it. In, I, I don't so it could be Fraser. That would be awesome. Um, so he has to save his old girlfriend and Gotham. Uh, he enlists Gary Oldman for help. Gary Oldman is, of course, uh, 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 not Commissioner Gordon, but it's Gordon. Gordon. He's Sergeant Gordon at the beginning, and then he becomes Lieutenant. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, turns out Razo Ghul is still alive, but he's Liam Neeson. Yeah. Not Ken Watanabe. No, no. Previously, Ducard. I should have maybe mentioned that uh, Liam Neeson is Ducard up at the top. Imagine that I did that, or edit it. I don't know how you do it. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, and he's behind it all. Uh, Batman fights him on a train, uh, stops the plot to destroy Gotham, and saves the day. Not that it's not a post-credit scene at the very end, but it's kind of like the precursor to the post-credit scene, right. I think, um, where he's meeting with uh, Gordon and uh, at the top where they've got the the bat signal and everything, and Gordon gives him a Joker card. Right. 
and that leads into the second movie. It's very much it's very much kind of a, a post credit scene. It just happens to be before the credits. Yeah, and so with all that being said, it's it's important to put the movie in context. You know, yeah, we've talked about that. So that, this is before post credits. This is before MCU. And, and uh, I think a lot of things were are really interesting. So this is like one of your first early serious versions of a superhero movie. I guess we, we did have that X-Men movie before, which was kind of like, this is how superheroes might work in the real world, but they were still pretty fantastical. Yeah, there was, this was very fantastical. This was a completely, this was almost like Christopher Nolan, who, who directed the film, um, him taking Batman and saying, I'm going to make Batman as if he actually existed in this world. Yeah. How could it, how could, what, what how would, would it work? Yeah. And he's very, very concerned with the, even just all the little things like, like, why does he have a cape? Yeah. Why he has a cape? Because mm -hmm. it's, it can create this sort of glider thing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, why does his costume look the way it does? Well, it's basically Kevlar. Right. You know, and, and there's things too of like, why did he decide to be a symbol? And it's like, well, he was taught this idea that you, right. the, as a person, you can only do so much, but as an idea, you can have much more influence. You can be internal, you can be uncorrupt, incorruptible, all that right. stuff. Um, this actually started the whole gritty reboot yep. um, genre that we had for about 10 years. Um, this was yep. probably, this was probably the most famous of them. Obviously the Bond, uh, Daniel Craig movies was a, was a gritty reboot. Right. Uh, you had about four different Spider-Man gritty reboots. Um, yeah, like lots of different sort of even like movies that became TV shows became grittier and like it was just yeah like the Arrow start over. Yeah. yeah, you had to start over. You had to you had to be dark. You had to be brooding. It had to be serious. Mm -hmm. it couldn't be fun. That's not to say this movie is not fun. I think this yeah. is. A, I think we both agree this is a really good movie. Yeah. But this was a just was a change. So when we're talking about the legacy of this movie, um, I think it's got a complicated legacy because while I think this Nolan verse, this Batman verse in the Christopher Nolan world really works for this character and this world, um, I, I think extrapolating that and sort of using it as a sort of springboard for what became the, uh, the DC universe yeah. uh, was probably really problematic for it, but we can kind of get into that. Too. Yeah, and one of the things is like this movie, Nolan's vision was clearly to be like, well, how could Batman really work in the real world? How could these villains like Ra's al Ghul, who's supposed to live forever, how would that right. really work? And, and it I, works by, they, they sort of make a different Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a, a a, a seat rather than an actual person. Right, and the, and the idea is also it's like a, met, you use metaphor for things that I exactly. believe if this were MCU, Razogul would actually be immortal. Like there'd oh, be yeah. some sort of magic, or what MCU typically does is like technology so advanced as to seem magic. Right, right. So like so like the Asgardians. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you would have stuff like that, mm -hmm. and MCU is like very happy to do that. Yeah it starts more grounded with like Iron Man, but then very quickly they, they go into like technology that can't possibly work Yeah. versus uh, this Nolan verse where it's every much is pretty much like, oh yeah, this was a thing. They even go to the part where explaining like, oh, how would you manufacture this? Oh, you're gonna order 10,000 of them. Or this yeah. is a military prototype that never went into mass yeah. production. So it's also, so, you know, taking a step back. So this is Christopher Nolan's first sort of big budget film. 
Yep. He had done, he had done a, a couple of independent films. He had done a, a movie. It was a great movie called Memento. Mm-hmm. He had done a, a cover, not cover, but a, uh, a remake of a Icelandic movie or a Norwegian movie called. Um, it was like Insomnia. It was, yeah, Insomnia. It's, so it's set in Alaska. It's, it's good. It's with Al Pacino and Robin Williams, RIP. Yep. And they're like, one's a cop and one's a serial killer. And it's kind of like set during the time where there's no, uh, no darkness in the middle of summer. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, but then he sort of got this movie and everybody was like, huh, he's going to do a comic book movie. Yeah. Um, and, and as we talk about the legacy, like maybe this is the first time where they took like a quote unquote, a director director and put them mm-hmm. in, into a franchise. Yeah. Like, like Tim Burton prior had been weird. Yes. Joel Schumacher had been super successful from a from a um, uh, uh, box office standpoint because he had done stuff like he had done lots of Brat Pack movies and stuff stuff like that. Yeah. So basically, the, a lot of the movies that John Hughes didn't do uh, in the mid eighties, Joel Schumacher did. Uh, and we do need to talk about like where that, I guess, quadrilogy uh, was left. Yeah. Uh, in with Batman and Robin, George Clooney, uh, Chris O'Donnell. Uh, Uma Thurman, Arnold Schwarzenegger, with all kinds of just ice puns, yeah. and Batman, right? I mean, that's that's where that 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 sort of the legacy of Michael Keaton as Batman was sort of left as that. Yeah, that movie was terrible. That yeah, there are very few where I've thought about walking out of a theater, and that's one of them. Yeah, uh, amazingly bad, right? It's After. Terrible. Like, e- even the one before was like kind of cheesy and bad but not that bad like the no i thought the, the the val kilmer fine. i mean it was fine it was a comic book movie yeah like it had its moments it had its moments of, of seriousness it had its moments yeah. of of levity this one just didn't have a of anything yeah yeah batman robin's terrible but we're not yeah so we're not talking about that but it's important to note that it was only about five or six years prior right to this one this is an so, important reboot yeah this is an important reboot uh, it saved Bat- Batman as a character uh, uh, in movies, I think. Um, and this did well. Um, it, it did it did really well in the box office, and then it led to uh, three more movies. Incidentally, I mean, Nolan was in the midst of just a, an amazing run. So he did this movie. Mm-hmm. He then did The Prestige. Yep. He did The Dark Knight. He did uh, um, Inception. And, then, he, uh, then he does he does Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Rises, Dark Knight and, Rises then, and then Interstellar. Right? Interstellar. That's just yeah. like an amazing run of movies. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, that's that that that's like up there with anything that like Scorsese or Spielberg ever put up there. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about Nolan. Uh, he definitely has an opinion on movies, and he makes yes, he his kind of movies, and they're they're out there, which is which is good. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know that I've seen a bad Christopher Nolan movie. They're they're all good. Yeah. Even I haven't seen Tenet yet because you know we didn't we weren't allowed to go to theaters this year. Right. But whenever that's available, I'm gonna see it. Yeah, I'll totally watch it. So yeah, it, it's it's interesting. There, there's a lot. Uh, what like so? Yeah, let's let's move on to talk about you know what's the legacy. The legacy? Sure. Um, so it so it started this Nolan verse. So you've got this, The Dark Knight, and then The Dark Knight Rises. Obviously, yep. The Dark Knight is. Um, I think universally accepted as the best of the three. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, seminal Heath Ledger, Mo, uh, Heath Ledger RIP uh, role as the Joker, kind of the perfect way to use the Joker in that film. I think mm-hmm. uh, too many try to try to explain the Joker or try to like 
you know, give the Joker humanity and it doesn't work. Yeah. This just, he's a crazy psychopath that wants to kill people and create chaos. Just that's what he is. So, so while everyone remembers the second one more, I feel like, especially after rewatching this movie, mm-hmm. this movie holds up really well. It does. I think this one's excellent. I think this one's right there with the, the Dark Knight. Yeah, like if, if, if the Dark Knight never existed, you'd think back like, oh, remember Batman? Like people almost yeah. stopped talking about Batman Begins because the Dark Knight was so good. I think, so I think one thing about this movie is that it clearly is a, if you want to talk about, we can talk about Batman being a superhero or whether he's a vigilante, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but it is like an origin story of a character, right? Yeah. It is very much a coming of age, he becomes who he is. Yeah. Type movie. Um, Dark Knight's really not a comic book movie or no. even any of that stuff. It's kind of like just a crime movie. Like a like it's like Michael Mann's Heat or you know something like that or you know like a like a serious version of like Ocean's 11 like a heist movie or something. But it's not a heist movie obviously, but it's really just a crime movie. It's it's got inner workings of the mob, it's got psychopathy, it's got sociopaths, it's got right. you know uh, cops trying to do right, it's got corrupt DA's offices, it's got all that stuff. Um, this one is really an origin story. And then the Dark Knight Rises is really the closest thing to a, like a crazy comic book kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this, this is the movie that's trying to take a comic movie into the, like the realism. So it does a lot. It spends a lot of time trying to explain those, those elements of like, why would you wear a costume? And like, what does it mean to, to be a costume and a symbol? Mm -hmm. That does, that is not explored at all in the second movie. (laughs) No. No. Um, and I think what's also nice about this is it's like you just putting it back into context for a moment, you get a moment where you've got a serious Batman. Mm-hmm. That's not, he's not, he, he might have some post-traumatic stress and some, some other things, but he's not crazy. Like that's the thing about like the Tim Burton Batman. He was like a, he was like multiple personality or bipolar or something. Right. Yeah. That's kind of how, they wrote him and kind of created him. It was like, they even say it at the very end of Batman Returns. It's like, we're split right down the middle, right? Like he's yeah. like two people. Um, this is clearly, you know, just a, a costume that he puts on, but, and, and, and at the very end, spoiler alert, uh, Rachel says, it's like, no, this is the mask that you're wearing, the, the, the yeah. Bruce Wayne mask. And, you know, that, that harkens back to a, a moment, I think in the, of all places, the Batman Beyond show, uh, where they have where Bruce Wayne is an old man and um, he kind of he's kind of tricked into believing something and he says at some point it's like how he knew something wasn't a dream it's like because I don't dream and say thinks of, think of his name as Bruce Wayne yeah he thinks of himself as Batman and that's very much like there's no difference between Batman and Bruce Wayne yeah in this film and I think um, that's important because that puts the character in this world you know in a serious way that's that's kind of that we had never seen before in film yeah i think the secret identity was always just a trope of of comic books they they do the thing to explain like well why would you do that is to protect the people around you uh, and it makes this movie actually has scenes explicitly set out to show that like when he's acting like bruce wayne he's actually acting he's doing all this yeah. so that people don't ask hey, well, why why is he getting all these bruises what's yeah. he spending all his money on Mm-hmm. guy doing all the time so people will yeah. assume that he's just partying all night yeah he is not this is batman begins it's not bruce wayne becomes batman mm-hmm. you know so 
Yeah. Um, and so, so I think a, a little bit of a negative, um, like a legacy point of this film is that it, it, it unfortunately, and we kind of mentioned this before, is it, it becomes the springboard for the, for the, for the uh, DC universe. Yeah. Uh, particularly the, the Zack Snyder films. So uh, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Justice League. None of those guys are happy being superheroes. Yeah. They're so sad. They're so dark and brooding. They're just like, oh, we got to save the world again. It's like everybody's an emo superhero. Yeah, it take, those ones take all the joy out. And I, I almost wonder if the, the lesson, this is again, like people seeing something good and taking the wrong lesson from it. And, you know, Nolan, again, say what you will about Nolan, but he had a specific idea of what Batman was and what he wanted to do with these movies. And uh, the darkness in it was, wasn't for no reason. It, it was because he's like, well, this is a dark, this is what our, what I think reality is. I think, you know, there's, there's poverty, mm-hmm. there's crime. I think these things are all bad. And this is like how you'd put a superhero into that kind of world. And then Snyder looks at, you know, I, I don't know his motivations, but it's almost as if someone looked at that and said like, oh, that's the thing I liked. Yeah. I like that it's dark and bad. It's like, well, for what reason? Yeah. And it doesn't really work when you have these crazy, a world with like someone who can fly. Yeah. <laughs> People well, it also doesn't work when you've, got a, when you've got a character who's famous for basically like like both both um, Superman and Wonder Woman. They're basically in like clown costumes, essentially, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, they're just they just they look ridiculous. You have to kind of have a a sense of humor about yourself if you want somebody to make a funny comedic movie. Don't hire Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know that there's ever been a moment in any of those films where I've laughed. Yeah. Right. They're not laughing movies. Um, but you kind of need to have moments of levity in um, movies where you're, you don't have the tortured, you know, uh, post-traumatic stress Bruce Wayne as your main character. Yeah. Well, it, it's those are that kind of tone works for Batman because that's a strong part of the character as we've kind of established through the years but and I, I think you see this in other DC movies that start to work like the the first Wonder Woman movie, and I still like the second Wonder Woman movie but like those movies are very different than how she's portrayed in uh, Batman versus Superman right and that's the and that's the problem like anything that's sort of in the sort of the the main thread is so dark yeah and unfunny and unhappy like even like think i mean contrasted with the mcu which is you know it's hard to do because mcu has been so successful but even a movie that's i think that both of you you and i both agree is probably not the best of the mcu movies but like avengers age of ultron Mm -hmm. there are and that plot is a mess it's all over the place they just throw in random characters but there's funny moments there's light moments yeah like there's that scene where where hawkeye is talking to the scarlet witch and they're in like a church and there's robots flying all over and he's trying to get her to move and and fight and he's like there's robots out there we're on a flying city and i've got a bow and arrow right it's like that's that's really that's that's a great sort of moment in that film and you need those moments and there's just none of that in a christopher nolan film with Batman, it works, but if you take that mood and you take that entire um, 
ethos into your world and that's what you bake your bake your universe into i'm just not sure that that's going to work yeah well we know All it because we've seen it oh yeah that's true <laughs> and, and they're they're pretty terrible you know they need um, a gritty they need to de-grittyify their reboot yeah when they do it it's it's a case where like the the nolan trilogy worked so well uh starting with this movie and uh some people just didn't understand what made it work and just tried to to replicate that success yeah it's like um i'm trying to think of some of them now but like there were several like you know pulp fiction comes out in like 1994 and completely mm -hmm. changes the way that movies are made and there were so many rip-offs in the mid to late 90s yeah um where they tried to make these like a, a, a tarantino-esque movie and they were just awful yeah and it's like that guy caught lightning in a bottle and what made his movie really good was that it was originally that's yeah. his voice right christopher nolan has his voice Zack snyder find your own voice i don't know what Zack snyder's movie voice is because all of his movies are kind of bad but um you know the internet's going to get mad at us if they ever hear this yeah because lots of people on the internet love Zack snyder they're awaiting this four-hour uh justice league recut reshoots and 70 million dollars so i think it's now is a good time to segue into that a little bit because yeah. again the Nolan trilogy was just a trilogy. For some reason, Warner Brothers decided to invest a lot. They didn't decide to make Nolan the, the architect of DC. Or maybe they tried to, and it just, he just wouldn't do it. Maybe because he, he understood. Well, he probably, he seems to understand film and characters, and he understood that what he did wouldn't work. Yeah. He even, I mean, they were, they asked him, I mean, because he had to do so much press for this stuff. I remember some of the interviews he did. It was like, mm -hmm. they asked him all the time. It was like, are you ever going to have Superman in your universe? It's like, doesn't really fit in the internal logic of my universe that we've created here. Yeah. So as so, we've just discussed, they spend a lot of time explaining why super, how a superhero would work in the real yes. world. The Superman doesn't work at all. And by yeah. that, by that definition, like something, anything in the supernatural, you know, supernatural, like anything beyond modern science doesn't work in the way that right. the Nolan verse works. I hope that for, for DC's sake, that they just scrap the entire universe idea of having a universe yeah like you don't need to have every sort of moment fit into a grander scheme like they've already had the the joker origin story and i think we we might even have talked about that in a podcast i know we've talked about it in in in, in irl mm -hmm. but uh um i thought it was a little too violent and not very good but um but i don't think that's supposed to fit into the dc universe Right, it's not supposed to be like jo Joaquin Phoenix is not the new Joker or anything like that. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, I they did that, that and it doesn't work because Bruce Wayne. Well, it really, really doesn't work because Bruce Wayne <laughs> was a kid. Yeah, Joker's like seventy years old by the time he's fighting Batman. And sure. Movie. Yeah. So looks, that he looks good. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine so if it's like you know what paint clown clown paint don't crack. Yeah, um, it just doesn't but work. Yeah, but... yeah, it doesn't work. So I, I hope that they, they kind of learn from that at least because that was successful for them. Mm -hmm. And just say, we're just going to make movies and each one is going to stand alone and they don't have to all fit together. So Wonder Woman 84 doesn't actually have to make sense with regards to Justice League. Yeah. It's not like Batman's going to be like, oh, remember that whole thing in 1984 where everybody got their wish granted and then yeah. we had to unwish. Yeah, everyone like, remember yeah, that. <laughs> I brought I brought my mom and dad back, but then I realized I shouldn't have them back. It's like, really, are we gonna do that? Yeah. It's not yeah. 
I, I think if they just make them standalone, then that's all good. Like, yeah. We can we can accept it. We used to accept that all the time for movies. Uh, yeah, I think we should go back to that. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the unfortunate side of the legacy. <laughs> mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. That said, I think we both agree. I mean, we've said it before. This is a good movie. This is a great trilogy. Just watch it. Yeah. Just yeah. in and of itself, it's good. So. So why so, is this movie for dads? Well, dads like Batman. Yeah, I think that's 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 the simple. Like Batman. Yeah, I mean, that's very simple. Um, I think, you know, whatever age dad you're at, you've got like a like a, a Batman that is your Batman. Like, mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't remember. We had, you know, growing up, Adam the Adam West Batman was on like, in syndication for years. Yeah. So you could always see that campy stuff. There were great cartoons growing up. Justice, uh, Super Friends. Mm -hmm. Um, there was always these crazy like uh, Batman and Robin crossover with Scooby Doo, which was always fun. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, and then you know I was 15. You were probably 12 or 13 when when the Tim Burton movie came out. Mm -hmm. That was super exciting. Um, and then you know throughout the 90s they made Batman movies, you know, for for better or worse. And then this you know comes around in our our, our basically our 30s. Yeah. So. Um, there's always been a Batman for every decade of dadness. <laughs> of dadness. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Let's not let's not forget the animated series. Oh, the animated series is the best Batman, actually. Yeah. So I like I'll, I'll give a little spoiler. We'll we'll someday go over the the definitive Batman list, but I'm already. It's all on HBO Max now. Like that, I think. Yeah, that's that's just a little bit of a spoiler. I think that one is the best version. I think Kevin Conroy is my favorite Batman. Like yeah. just because of the whole bunch of work. Yeah. I really like that Batman. Yeah. He's not just a compiler either. He's just, he's really good. Yeah, awesome. He's, yeah, it's not like Derek Jeter who just got to 3,000 hits just because he played for 1,000 years. Yeah, 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 no. Yeah, we hate Derek Jeter. Yeah, that on this podcast, uh, let it be known that Derek this, Jeter. This, yeah, he's a compiler. Um, so yeah, so so dad's like Batman. Um, I don't know about you, but like, I am not the most handy guy in the world, mm -hmm. but I do lots of stuff around my house. I've, I've built things before, I've done stuff. It's really cool to just see the the ideas that he's sparking. Mm -hmm. He's actually he's actually building things. He's making a suit. He's making, you know, all the the pieces. He's kind of putting it all together, and he's making a superhero out of basically stuff he did in his garage. Yeah, you get a lot of good montages of that in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's if you like that part. So if you like The Martian or the part in Apollo thirteen when they're trying to like fit one tube into another using. Right. The only that what is they have. awesome. That's one of my favorite. That's the best. That's that's yes. totally the best. <laughs> if you like that, you got that in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Every every dad has had this moment where they've had this untenable problem, mm -hmm. and they 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 had a solution that doesn't. It's not like store bought, and it's not. It's something that they fixed. It could involve duct tape. It could not involve duct tape. It doesn't matter. Yep. But you sort of do it, and it's just like it works, and you're just like, wow. That is Batman Begins. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, Batman uh, embody. There are parts of, of, of dadness within Batman Begins, and that's that's probably the strongest part for sure. Yeah. Um, plus, it's a really good action movie. There's cool, really cool scenes. Yeah, most dads like the, action. Yeah, the scene where the 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 the, the uh, Batmobile is on the top of the rooftops, mm -hmm. car chase scenes. Um, I think some of the. I, some of the fight scenes are a little too um, choppy from an editing standpoint. I wish they'd sort of focus a little bit more one camera rather than going boom, 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 back and forth from both different ones. Yeah. 
Um, that's that's very much a Nolan sort of thing where he just goes. I'm, yeah, again, I'm moving my hands around in an audio medium. Well, so to talk about that, like I think what Nolan was going for is there's parts in the movie that work like an action movie. The parts that feel choppy, that's like when the movie is like a horror movie. Batman, you're true, true. Coming out of the shadows, taking up criminals from their point of view, it is a horror right. movie. No, and I think, and like I said, I like that stuff. Um, I think you could you could make the argument that you'd like to see Batman sort of fight. The one time where you actually get to see Batman fight in the in the bat costume is is against spoiler alert. It's against uh, 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 Reservoir at the end. Yep. Um, that's kind of the big sort of fight scene. Um, Roswell Gould kind of kicks his butt a little bit too. Yeah. I, one interesting thing from this movie, it's like, I don't think you ever established that Batman is necessarily the best fighter. Like he's in that League of Shadows, which, which is not weird, the best one. Which is weird because, you know, he, in the beginning, they sort of set him up as that because, um, you know, you probably remember from my billion year old um, uh, recap. Uh, so he's in a prison in the first part of the movie and he fights off about seven dudes yep. and he gets beat up, but he also beats them up. Right. I think that they've established that this Batman is going to be the one that, you know, he's just going to be the one standing at the end. He's not going to necessarily never be touched. Right. Right. He's going to get his ass whooped, but he's going to whoop some ass. Yeah. He's, he's a John McClane kind of Batman. He's hero. Not, yeah. He's not a Schwarzenegger comes out completely clean kind of hero. Yeah. And I think in previous Batmans, it's always unless the unless it was like the 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 main um, fighter, like the main bad guy, um, he was always going to be able to just you know punch his way past like the the goons. Yeah. And here, like the goons give him some trouble. You know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He gets hit, um, he gets hit quite a bit. And I think that's and I think that comes down to um, again Nolan trying to make it a real movie. Like he's a He's a fighter, but even a great fighter is against just some schmo because he's fighting six guys. Yeah. The schmo is going to get a hit in on him, right. right? You know, so yeah. If you, if you, me, and four other, you know, forty-year-old dads were going to try to fight Conor McGregor, we would get a couple of fight of punches in. Yeah. yeah. Plus, he's tiny. Yeah, know. he's super tiny. I think I think we got him. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we take him, but I mean, no, I no, he'd no. hurt us. Oh God, he would hurt oh, us so much. Yeah, but we got a punch in. That's, um, if, if that's if all it takes to in. win, then uh, yeah, if we could just get a punch in. You know, we could just like you know, yeah, lay on top of him. Yeah, we could do all kinds of stuff. That works. All right, so you know, again on the the dad topic, uh, what's the best father son daughter relationship in this? So so I think the best mm -hmm. is Thomas and Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and that's you know really the only two father son that we get to get to see actual father sons that we get right. to see in the film. Um, the one thing that's weird is that Martha Wayne like has no lines in this film. Oh yeah, this this is not the movie that passes the Bechtel test at all. Right, right. <laughs> I'm trying to think: is there another female other than Rachel Dawes in the film that that's has named? Lines? Well, there's there's some that are, there's the party goers when uh, during Bruce's, when he buys the hotel he buys and the they hotel. might have a couple things like Bruce let's go swimming that kind yeah of thing. exactly yeah um, but I don't know that there's too many I don't know that there's like even just random women never talk to each other in this movie 
no. at all. Mm -mm. Yeah, that this is not a, a good one for feminists, um, or you know, not at all. Like that's that's not how this movie's working. No, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't think he's being overly sexist. I think he's got a blind spot. I think because this, you see this in lots of his films, actually. I, people have criticized. I think very rightfully have criticized Nolan for that. He clearly has a blind spot for that. Like, yeah, I think Memento's got one female. I yes. think. Um, uh, I can't remember the female in the insomnia. I think there was one. Interstellar uh, has one woman. <laughs> one woman. The only character to talk about love as the binding force is the female character. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's two. Interstellar? Oh. Jessica Chastain is in That's it. right. And so His Anne daughter. Hathaway is also in Yeah. The daughter never talks to, to Anne Hathaway, so it fails right. the, the Bechtel test. Right. Right. And I don't know that Jessica Chastain does talks to another female either. No, <laughs> the whole time, even though she's like in a whole facility full of people, they could just randomly make another woman for her to talk to. Hey, yeah. what'd you get him for lunch? No, he can happen. put Michael Caine in every damn movie, but he can't cast two women. Um, <laughs> Ellen Page in Inception. I think she's the only female. That's right. You're well, right. Well, Elliot Page. Sorry. Elliot Page. Even there. So, yep. Even there. So man, um, Nolan, Jeff. we've, we've yeah. now, uh, well, I think this is a known thing. And again, movies are good. Nolan has a blind spot. We should acknowledge that. And Dunkirk, like, Dunkirk, I don't think has a single female. <laughs> that's right. That's the other Nolan movie. I forgot. Yeah. Um, there's one more. Uh, the Prestige has, is it Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett Johansson is in it, yeah. And I don't think she speaks to another female. She does not. <laughs> she doesn't get to. She's like trapped at home. <laughs> as I recall. Right. Wow. Right. Man, you can wow. really look through it. And it's, it's like blazingly apparent. It's like when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Dark Knight Rises does have Anne Hathaway and Juno Temple. She okay. of um, uh, Ted Lasso fame. Okay, oh, Marion Cotard, um, right? She's she in the Dark and Knight Rises. And Marion Cotard, they're, yeah. they're, they're, I think they're, I think they're, I think, I know Anne Hathaway and Juno Temple have have lines with each other. Okay. So that's that's that might be the most feminine friendly of oh, the wow. films. That's sad. Yeah, uh, so Christopher Nolan, like, think about casting some women. Yeah, you could just do it, man. It, like, a lot of these characters need not, they don't have to all be men. <laughs> like, there's, yeah. especially the ones that he creates. So remember uh, remember how they did the, the Ocean's Eleven remake with uh, all women and they made it Ocean's Eight because they mm -hmm. couldn't find 11 women, apparently? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's just ridiculous. They should force Christopher Nolan to direct the sequel to that. Yeah, Ocean's Nine. Um, where it's, where it's, Give him ten and just make it um, all women. He can't have any men in his uh, um, in his cast, in his writers' room, any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's I can't believe his poor mom has no barely any lines. In I this think whole she movie. just I think she just kind of cries when she's shot. Yeah, or when Thomas is Thomas Wayne is shot. Yeah, and all and all the sort of the 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 sort of the learning montage of you know here's how what's going to inform you as you grow older is all done by dad. So like yeah. uh, Bruce breaks his arm, you know, his dad's a doctor, he sets it, he you yep. know, does all the caring stuff. He does all the stuff that you would generally think of as woman stuff. Yeah. That's sexist too, certainly, but generally think of it as maternal. Uh, we don't get any of that in this movie. Yeah. Not at all. What's funny is, and we've talked about how bad the Snyderverse is, even in the horrible movie, Batman versus Superman, 
it's uh, all about Martha. It's all about the mom, right? <laughs> it really is. Yeah. As far as, as, as far as is. as far as Christian Bale's uh, Batman is concerned, he doesn't even have a mom, right? It's, it's all about my. He says my parents all the time, but he only ever remembers his dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so we finally given a, a little tally for uh, old Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got better female characters. Yep. He's got two of them in there. He's got he's got Wonder Woman, and he had. Uh, well, three. He's got, he's got uh, Martha, Martha Wayne Martha, still alive. Martha, Martha. Not Martha Wayne. Martha Kent. She's still yep. alive. Yep. And then uh, and then uh, Lois Lane. Yep. Oh yeah, he's played, he's actually... played extremely disinterested by uh, Amy Adams. <laughs> and she actually talks to to Martha Kent, so it actually passes the Bechtel test. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Like um, Amy Amy Adams, who who plays that role of Lois Lane with as much uh, fervor and passion as any of the. Uh, Natalie Portman, oh my gosh, uh, roles in 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 the Star Wars prequels or either of the first two Thor movies. Yeah, where she didn't really want to be in any of those movies. Nope. Yet but she's, she's doing like, the fourth one. She's doing the fourth one. I don't understand. Maybe she just wants more money. Like she's yeah. just getting the check. I don't know. Well, the, the or maybe comics, it's the Taika Waititi sort of. Uh, I think that's what it is, and the, the comic storyline. If you're, yeah, you're where she gets it. to actually be Thor. It's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's kind of already given, considering that she's cast, and uh, if you know, like, right, if you know what it takes to get her into the movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so um, Nolan's <coughs> so yeah, to, Nolan's Christopher Nolan's got some work with uh, female actors. Yep. Um. So uh, so yeah, so I do think that's the best sort of father son. Mm-hmm. Uh, one. Well, I don't know. Mention we got we got to mention Alfred, right? Yeah, Alfred's pretty cool. Alfred's pretty cool. Played expertly by Michael Caine. I have an important question for you regarding Alfred. Okay. Uh, I've never had a servant, per se. Neither have I. Uh, what does a butler do? What exactly is butling? Is he a house cleaner? Um, does he cook? I feel. I feel like I should just play the uh, the uh, scene from Clue where, oh, where yeah. Tim Curry explains this. I butle, sir. Yeah. <laughs> He's a. I think a butler is a head. Is is supposed to be a head of the entire staff. Okay. Have animation. So, so, so by the time Bruce comes back, though, that staff's like gone. It's just him. Yeah, it's, it's just, just him. So, why is he called a butler? That's a good question. He's got no one left to butle. To butle. Yeah. Cool guy, though. Yeah. Yeah. He takes um, care of Bruce. You know, he, he raised uh, Bruce from about, you know, what, nine or 10 years old till mm-hmm. he went off to college. Um, probably not a great sign that he sort of became a, you know, an ultra violent uh, vigilante. Doesn't yeah, speak well to his uh, raising, though you know there's some PTSD there. Yeah, uh, you know, and you you've got uh, the important qualities of Alfred here, where a uh, British accent, um, mm-hmm. stiff upper lip, you know that kind of thing. He's yeah. good. He's good. I like Michael Caine. Michael Caine's very good. Michael Caine is also in every Christopher Nolan movie. Yep, pretty much for some reason. Um, and I think uh, worst is going to be Ra's al Ghul and, and, and Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that's some bad lessons. That's bad, yeah. uh, bad dadding there. Yeah, it teaches him how to kill and and be bad and and take over um, cities and bring ruin to places. It, it seemed like Bruce was a little slow to, on the uptake. That, <laughs> right? They, he's... Yeah, I mean, they're training him to be like a, a super ninja where he, he's using swords and stuff like that. He had to have known at some point he was going to use that sword to like slice somebody open. Yeah, it's right. just, it's like he didn't figure it out until it was like time to actually use the sword, like, like past yeah. sparring. Wait, wait, wait. We're using weapons? 
Yeah. There might be some killing involved here, Bruce. I think you need to smarten up a little. So anyhow, yeah, Ducard, uh, Razal Ghoul. Yeah, not a great dad. Bad dad. Yeah. So uh, how did you get your family to watch this? Or did so you watch it alone? I had to watch it alone. My, my youngest does want to watch it, so I'm going to have to go back and do it. But by the time I started watching it, it was too late. She was already asleep. Gotcha. So she has interest. We'll see how far she gets. Mm -hmm. On a rewatch, it wasn't as violent. It's not as violent as, say, The Dark Knight. It's Well, and even The Dark Knight, a lot of the violence is, is just off screen. So it's like yeah. you'll see like the gunshot and then it flashes back somewhere else and then it flashes to the, mm -hmm. the body on the floor. And there's never any blood. Right? Yeah. And um, uh, I, I actually appreciate that. Stuff. Yeah. Going yeah. through the movie again, like in my head, I, I think of like all, it's like, oh, this might be too scary for the kids. But like, you know, <laughs> again, my kids have, since since the time they were too scared to watch the original Star Wars, they've now watched Stranger Things and like my Stranger Things one. is pretty violent. It's pretty darn violent. Yeah, More gory. And uh, and one thing, all of these Christopher Nolan movies, um, the at least the Batman ones, they're they're all um, PG thirteen. So yeah. all the violence is going to be um, kind of like that off screen. Like even all the Joker stuff in the Dark Knight, yeah. it's none of it's directly right in front of you. Yeah, it's. It's gritty, yet not yeah. necessarily gratuitous. It's not gory. Right. It's right. certainly not gory. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I am going to go back. Uh, she, she was interested, and we'll, we'll watch it. Good. Um, I just have to ask my kid. Yeah, your kid's into it. Yeah. I mean, my kid watched The Godfather Part 1 and 2. We are so, not going to watch 3, though, until oh, yeah. they come out with that edit that Remember yeah. we were talking about this? When does that come out? I think it's later this month. It already came out, but I okay. don't think you can get it on, like, at home. Yet. Streaming. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So that'll be better. I hope. Can't be worse. Godfather 3 is not something we recommend. It's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. So let's move into our random. So we got some random questions. There's so many questions mm -hmm. on rewatch. Fun watch, and it's fun to come up with random questions as you go through it. Yeah. So as we said before, one of the fun things that we like to watch is uh, Bruce Wayne sort of building things. One of the scenes that they, they spend a meticulous amount of detail on is showing Bruce Wayne making the, the batarangs. Yeah. Basically ninja stars that look like bats. Mm -hmm. Very uh, sharp. Very, very, very sharp. And you yeah. see him machining it himself by hand. Yeah. Not with a, I mean, with a machine, but not with like a, like a programmable machine. It's like, no, he's doing the thing where he's got the pedal below and he's spinning the, whatever you call that thing. Yeah. There's no CAD here. Right. So he's, right. he's doing it by hand. And now I know he has to spend all of his nights fighting crime. Yeah. And then during the day, he has to do the CEO thing. We know he doesn't get a lot of sleep. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's highlighted like after his first night and he wakes up at like 3 p.m. How much time does he have to spend making batarangs? Particularly since these little, these little bat stars or whatever you want to call them, I mean, he's throwing them. All the time. And he's not going and retrieving them, is he? Yeah, I feel like he, he, there needs to be a scene after like the big fight where he comes back and he just takes them all. It, or he's, he's, he's going out there with like a metal detector. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> because we do have the scene when, when like the first moment where you actually see Batman where he's like, he knocks out some lights with the little, mm -hmm. the little stars. And one of the things falls to the ground and somebody picks it up. And it's just like, okay, oh, are you going to, what, what are you going to go back and get that? Does that guy get to pocket that? What, what happens? Yeah. And some of these things, like if he had just bought some uh, ninja stars off the internet, he doesn't have to spend all this time manufacturing. The, this is just for branding. Yeah. 
This is totally branding. This is, this is just pure ego of uh, yeah. on, on Bruce Wayne's <laughs> part. I'm like, and this is valuable time that you need to spend and you're Bruce Wayne. Yeah. He's got limited time. Because he, again, he doesn't have a machine. This is not like taking a spare key to, uh, to Home Depot and having the, having the guy in the orange vest go ahead and, and, and make you a copy of the key. Right. You can just put it into a machine, press a couple buttons and boom. Right. Yeah. We did talk about, he's doing it himself. Maybe, maybe what we saw was just the first one made. And after he's made that first one, we don't see this, but he puts it into a key making machine and it just, it just spits them out. If that's the case, then, then I am completely okay with that. Yeah, I'm and sure I he has a key. Make, he should have a key duplicator in that Batcave, right? He's rich. He's, he's a billion. He's like the richest person in the world. Like he should have, like, he could have three of them. Yeah, and he's just making, cranking out batarangs all the time. Then, yeah. fine. Fair enough. Sure. Poor Alfred then has to keep buying blocks of metal to put into this stupid <laughs> thing. But, you know, <laughs> Alfred apparently does a lot. Yeah. So we, we, we still have questions about that. Um, so we, we know from this version of Batman and several others that Batman has like a no killing policy, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he wanted to kill the guy that killed his parents and the thing sure. that he had like a, he had a, a, a moment, he had an epiphany and then he realized he needed to become something different. And, you know, then he won't kill for Ra's al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually won't kill Ra's al Ghul at the end. Yep. Which seemed a little suspect because he did, you know, it's gonna kill the whole city. Well, he also made it so Razogul was gonna crash into a building. Yeah, on a so, high speed train. So the so line that's exactly yeah. that's not exactly not killing him. I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you. <clears throat> was the line. I, I can also beat you, beat you up on this train, and mm-hmm. I will arrange to have the train crash. Which he did. Yes. And I won't, but that doesn't count as killing you. Exactly. That's right. Um hmm. I don't know, um, Bruce. He's, he, yeah, he doesn't seem to want to kill anybody, but he does throw those little sharp, uh, you know, bat stars all over the place. Yeah, and uh, even some cop cars fly. Who Those are not bad guys in this particular movie. They, no, I mean, just... some of them might be a little corrupt, but they're also not, you know, necessarily murderers. Yeah, um, we don't even know if the corrupt ones were chasing him. They were just yeah, random cop cars. He was ramming into all kinds of cars on, on the road. Yeah. He's got no way of knowing that those people have got airbags they're deploying, right? Yeah. He really should have just disappeared and used his bat lines to get across. this is 2005. This yeah. is not a guarantee that every car on the road has got an airbag. Hmm. I think he really should have thought about that. He really should have thought about that. And he's driving all over the place and running people off the road. Yeah. Um, like you said, he did He did flip a couple cop cars. That's Most people, when they flip, that's like, you know, you're bringing the ambulance out. Yeah, that's a little problematic, well, Bruce. Be a stretcher. Mm. Um, plus, he's punching lots of people right about, about the head. A lot of punching. Lot what of we punching. know about what we know about CTE, he's yes. inflicting a lot of damage here. He's inflicting a lot of damage. Lots of concussions. Oh, those there's no lots either. of broken bones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Bruce. Uh, Bruce really has to think about that. Yeah, what's he's got to? We've got to figure out what his line is. Like, what it, makes it? Like what's too violent? Like if he punches a guy twice, is it okay? Yeah. Because most of the time, like he punches a goon and that guy falls down. Right. Now he could just say like, uh, I'm mostly against killing. Mostly. And that feels like the line that he's taking. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to kill excessively. 
Yeah, because at the League of Shadows layer up on top of a mountain in the Himalayas, which I probably should have mentioned in the recap, he he destroys the place. Oh yeah. Like he, he there's all kinds of bombs and fireworks. I don't know why they had those like sacks of fireworks. But. That was that's also I gotta bring that up. That's uh not OSHA compliant. Hey, League of Shadows, <laughs> you've got a lot of things that are flammable. Maybe yeah. just don't leave them all out, especially when you have this ceremony where you're gonna brand a dude and there's yeah. open flame there. Yeah. I think that I blame League of Shadows for that failing. Like, really? You didn't Fair think enough. that could happen? Fair enough. He knocks the brand up into the the, the bomb firework area, and the whole <laughs> thing blows up. Who would have and, thought? Why did we have this bomb firework area in the first place? Yeah. So, but presumably, you know, Bruce knew that that was going to be enough to create a distraction to where he could get out. And then he's fighting who he thought he's fighting Ken Watanabe. Yeah. And he fights him, and he doesn't officially kill him, but the, the roof caves in on him. Yeah. The rest of the League of Shadows either like runs away and escapes and hides. That's true. Yeah. Or they die. Right. right? So he ki- he either he either I mean he killed Ken Watanabe. Oh, totally. Right? We can say that, right? That's a murder. He knocked him down. He knocked yeah. him down, and then our building fell on him. Yeah. He killed that guy. Yeah, Bruce and is then, pretty so- big on dropping buildings on people. <laughs> <laughs> won't kill i'll drop a building on you the yeah. building killed you yeah it's just like uh you know like dorothy from the wizard of oz yeah <laughs> murder by building yeah yeah uh, and so and so he either killed at least one member of the of the league of shadows and possibly multiple i mean all those other ninjas that were just hanging around either they escaped or they all died in the in the calamity oh yeah yeah bruce 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 needs to reevaluate some of his his ethics here. His lines are not clear. Yeah. Uh, so so when we see uh, Bruce and Rachel reuniting, he mm-hmm. he mentions the the condensed milk is still yes. hidden in the same place that Alfred used to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, really, that's what they used to get is condensed milk. That's the tastiest thing you can get. Yeah. No uh, cookies. It make a lot of sense. There's got to be cookies in that. In that it, they must right? have had, they probably had a baker, right? Like when they had all the servants. I would imagine. I mean, they would only have one kid, but I guess because one of the servants was in fact uh, Rachel's uh, mom, right? That right, the right. Story. That's the, that's the so plot. I guess when, when I guess, I guess when the other Wayne's were, were killed, then only, only uh, uh, Alfred kind of hung around after that. And so when Alfred hangs around, the only thing left then is the condensed milk. That's the best thing you can get to eat. I, you know, he's, I, that family's billionaires in the, I got to say, we have better sweets in our house. Than the, not yeah. not, not I mean, billionaires. I mean, I could go in there and get like just about anything I wanted. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's kind of poor, Wayne's. Come on, Bruce. Yeah. Got to get um, on that. Because also condensed milk is also, I mean, it's good for making things, but just on its own. Oh, and you're talking yuck. about like eight or nine years old. It's just sweet, thick milk. Who would want that? It's like a milk syrup. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a. So, I wonder if that's like a British thing, where like um, Christopher Nolan is British and uh, Christian Bale is British or Welsh, and, and they're they're thinking like, oh, the best condensed milk, of course. Yeah, condensed milk. I just just have it. That's on the, that's yeah. what the richest family in America would really want. It's condensed milk, and then like Katie Holmes is just like whatever. Sure. Yeah, she, she's like, give me that check. Give me that check. Um, 
she doesn't get to have a, a scene with another female anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, she's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's got to be better food in there. Um, we should have a discussion at some point, maybe not now, but about how a lot of these kind of iconic American superheroes are played by British dudes. Yeah, except for Captain America. Captain America, Christian Bale, we've got him. I mean, not Christian Bale, but... Uh, um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah. But we've got Christian Bale, who's Welsh. We've yeah. got Tom Holland, who's our Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. The last two Spider-Mans have actually been British. Andrew Garfield is also Spanish. Yeah. yeah, we don't talk about Andrew Garfield, though. That's, that's no, right. we don't. But we, we, I mean, I think he's going to be in the next one. Ooh. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. Because we're doing like a whole Spider-Verse thing. Spider-Mans. Yeah. That'll be okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like Batman. Should Batman be played by a Brit? Could they find, could they find you know, an American dude? Hey, Ben Affleck. So, your American icons, you got your Batman, played by Ben Affleck. You got your uh, Captain America, played by Chris Evans. Apparently, Boston is the only source of American icons. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, because isn't the, uh, the guy that plays Superman, I think he's British, too. He is. Henry Cavill, he's totally British. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, um, now, Superman is not technically American, because he's True. an alien, yeah. but you know, truth, justice in the American way, though. Didn't have no British accent. That that, that might be the version I make. Is a they made Superman Red Sun, where a Superman yeah. happens to land in the Soviet Union instead of right Kansas. So there'll be, you know, Superman uh, Superman UK. What happens if he happens to land in London instead of Kansas? Yeah. Uh, turns out well, maybe if he's not, also not and if he's also somebody that uh, gets all of his power from the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. It would make much more sense if he were dark skinned. Oh, that's a really like, good point. He could, he could absorb the sun better. Yeah, that's a Neil deGrasse Tyson point, actually. Oh, oh um, well, was good for him. That's that's a good point. <laughs> I never thought point. of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so condensed milk can't be the only thing that's good in that place. Yeah, that's that's a fail. Yeah. So um, this hits at maybe one of a lot of people's biggest kind of gripes with the uh, with. Uh, uh, the Nolan Batman, Christian Bale in particular, it's like, show me where the bomb is. Yeah, everyone makes fun of this. The Everybody voice. makes fun of that voice that he makes, and he does it a couple of times in this film. It's not as bad as in the latter two films. Yeah, it's kind of amazing going back to watch this because it's like it's not nearly as strong. Like it no, gets there's really only strong. one scene where he does it. It's the it's the scene where he's uh, interrogating the uh, cop in the rain, mm-hmm. where he's you know, uh, bungeeing him back and up and down with the yeah. with his. Uh, uh, cord and stuff like that but yeah um but you notice also when scarecrow um puts on his mask he's got like a voice modulator in his mask yep why couldn't billionaire bruce wayne just have a voice modulator it's the yeah. one good thing that the ben affleck batman has it's the voice modulator yeah it actually makes sense right it makes and that... sense and that would be a perfect sort of thing from like a from a nolan standpoint right because because michael i know you yeah if you try to make a stupid voice i'm gonna probably be able to identify you yeah and it's funny because this movie calls it out that like uh you know uh bail batman has to say the exact same thing he said as a kid for right. rachel to know who it's him and i'm like can't just, can't you say just it tell in your own voice dude don't don't you realize <laughs> it's him like the whole time like yeah all he's doing is talking a little deep like yes i'm talking like this like yeah that's you shane like i, I think she would have recognized him way earlier yeah um yeah, that's a little, it's just a little weird. A little yeah, I think a little voice modulator, 
you know, hopefully something that didn't make him sound like the killers from Scream. Yep. You know. Yeah, it's one of those things. Where, like, if they ever do a special edition, maybe they just sort of add a little detail in there. Like, they could do special editions for I mean, not he went just back and effects. He went back, but Nolan went back and fixed Bane's voice. Oh, apparently, remember he did. Oh, that, that's why he has that voice. Bane, well, and he what, talks like Sean Connery. <laughs> well, what was weird when they were originally doing that, when they did the original screening, no one could figure out what Bane was saying. Oh, okay. Because they didn't have like any overdubs. Right. So it was just all Tom Hardy trying to talk with a mask like this. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that would have been the worst. Yeah. See, this is why I don't do the podcast like this. Yeah. Yeah, because no one could tell what you're saying. Maybe I should. So, <laughs> yeah, it's me, Bane. <laughs> um, so why, yeah, why couldn't they? They should have done that. That, that just feels like an oversight. Yeah. Next time, uh, Nolan, hire one of us. We'll, we'll tell you these. All you need to do is, I wouldn't even take that much money. Give me a hundred bucks, maybe a 20. Slip me a 20. I'll do it. I'd do it for like a hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. All you'd have to give me. And you could tell every flaw. Like, yeah. Voice exactly. box. Easy. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. Uh, now, one of the critical scenes is this train is crashing towards Gotham Tower. Uh, or was it Wayne Tower? That's right. Wayne Tower. Yeah, Wayne Tower. Uh, you see a very critical scene where the water manager is like, they're headed this right this way. Several scenes back. Like, there was like cuts and then going back to them. It's like the, the pressure is going to destroy the whole city. Yeah. And you've never seen these guys before at all. Normally, no. this, this movie is no. actually really concise. Like, the, the kid shows up earlier. He's, he's the kid later on that you see. Yeah. Also it, becomes Joffrey from Game of Thrones, by the way. Oh, that sucks. But uh, it, for whatever reason, they introduce these brand new characters in this critical part of the movie. Yeah. What The water manners. We got to see them. Yeah. Not um, women. They could have had women here. They could have had a woman. <laughs> no reason to totally, not. They had an old man, two old white dudes. <laughs> I mean, you could have totally done that. And like, also, I mean, and this might be your point too. Is like, is this the first time we've ever seen a water manager have a major speaking role in a blockbuster movie? Yeah, I think totally. Like, I can't think of another part where like suddenly you have to introduce a character with a key plot point. And it's it's a water manager. Also. Is that really a job? Is there somebody in a in a um, like twenty four seven? Because this was at night. Yep. So I'm assuming this is like a, the, the night shift guys. Yeah. Um, just kind of like always monitoring the water pressure for with, the with city. someone else there. Like with I think somebody else there. Like I can there believe has this, to be. Yeah. Yeah, like there has to be like two people there at all times. And what are they going to do? And they couldn't do anything. Yeah. They could just like turn a valve and be like, okay, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> there must be some role because in the last election, I noticed I had to vote on the district water manager. And you know what? Of all the things I can form an opinion on, uh, what makes a good water manager? I, I really don't I, know. But I also don't think like you you voted for that guy and I'm sure that that guy was elected in office. Let's just imagine that he was. That's not his role. Oh, He's yeah. Sit in front of a panel and be yeah. like, uh-oh. That's gonna. Uh, what? I don't. What do I do? I can't do anything. Like, if if that's his job is to manage yeah. is to manage the water pressure, he and he has no recourse. Yeah. And uh, if there's ever the next time that there's a water manager vote, I hope there's a debate and like you know a debate that's broadcast on uh, the local YouTube channel, like with scenes. And somebody for... brings and somebody brings up this particular movie. And they're saying like now. 
if there is a train coming at high speeds <laughs> with what a exactly, microwave emitter. Yeah, what exactly would you do? And the better answer gets my vote. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't think that that's how water managers work. I don't think that's how water works in a... In no, a, no. Like a utility. I don't think that somebody has to monitor the water pressure. Because I hope like not. If, if, if the water pressure, it just bursts, right? And like the, that's how people's pipes burst occasionally. Or yeah. like I've had really bad water pressure in my shower sometimes. Is that somebody not doing their job? They have knobs and they're just adjusting it. And it's like they're just like, oh, okay, the pressure's too high. <laughs> yeah. that, that's a bad system. Let's, uh, I hope we come up with a better one. All right. Uh, next random question. So we know that Batman has a rule against guns. Very famous. Uh, Bruce Wayne, it's explained in the movie. But you got this League of Shadows. Yeah. They're pretty, they're pretty into killing people. Very into killing people. Uh, and I understand a- that yeah, a lot of people, and that's like their whole gig, they kill cities, right? Right. I, I understand why they would study the ancient arts of deception and being a ninja to disappear. That seems very useful in their line of work. Why Why are they still using the swords? Yeah. It's inefficient, man. Yeah. I think in the League of Shadows, they could have been using guns. They use a whole lot of swords. Yeah. Yeah, the Joker uses guns. Yep. Two-Face uses guns. Bane? Bane uses guns. I don't know if he uses guns himself, but all of his dudes use guns. Yeah, he his his he didn't have a rule against it. No. Uh, League of Shadows is kind of an odd choice. Very. So, also random questions. We, we see one of the key points of the movie is uh, Bruce Wayne secretly buying up the public shares of Wayne Enterprises. Right. We don't actually see that happen. We just see it happen after, after the fact. Right. So he was supposed to do all this like financial wheeling dealing while, you know, uh, machining. Uh, yeah. Batarangs, right? Batarangs. Like, now, is this something that like, this is, I mean, the internet was certainly around in 2005, mm-hmm. but we didn't have like the, the, all the different like, um, stock buying apps and all mm-hmm. that stuff like you, you still Acorn. had to go through brokerage firms and stuff yeah. like that you couldn't just you know log onto your phone and buy all the shares of uh apple right and well more importantly <clears throat> so like bruce his money comes from the shares that he owns in Wayne enterprises right uh somehow he buys the other shares to get a controlling interest in wayne enterprises but the money he has is from Wayne Enterprises itself. Right. Presumably he had money outside of that. Like he had like a, maybe he's got a trust fund. Maybe he's got other stuff. Is this trust fund bigger than Wayne Enterprises? I don't know. Like how did Wayne Enterprise start anyway? Is it, it it wasn't his father, right? It was his grandfather, I think. Must've been his grandfather. Because if his father's being a doctor, that's not enough time to like. So I think his father's father did it but they didn't talk about that they talked about his father being yeah his uncle, I guess. So ju- just like nolan has a a hole where he can't understand female characters he seems to not understand financial markets very well or because... or how infrastructure works yeah <laughs> within a city yeah like um because that, that i mean so i understand that it was a renegade train but there were no stops yeah, what a terrible train <laughs> no there were no not not just that just they, they blew by stops but like like Batman's hanging off the side of it with a with yeah. a with a grappling hook, 
Yeah, he's not nothing. like running into platforms or anything like that. It's like they they didn't race by anything. They just went straight into the. If I ever had to make a map of that train, I know it goes to the opera. (laughs) (laughs) We saw that happen, and it goes to Wayne Tower, and that's apparently it. So, and and the and the Narrows. Which why is it going to the Narrows? The Narrows have been like the worst place in the world in the in the city for the long time. Well, Thomas Wayne is not a NIMBY. He he have the train go to the Narrows, but like sure, and his tower. Uh-huh. And the opera. And the opera. That's it's basically just the 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 two places that he wanted to go. Yeah, and he assumed and... like like every rich dude, he thinks that everyone. That's of course that's what the people in the narrows want. So they're they on the train. The so here's a good question. So they're on the train. Mm-hmm. Um, they live at Wayne Manor, which is technically not, you know, in Gotham itself. It's very mm-hmm. much like out in the country suburb, at least, right? Yes. Um, is there a train stop out there? No, they, so they must... get on the train to go to the opera. It's true. So do they go to like a park and ride or something? What like what like? Did they drop they get... off the Wayne Mobile because they... it's before the Batmobile? It's so before that... the Batmobile, so presumably like they've got like a limousine or something like that where they could get a ride. Why didn't they just get a ride all the way to the opera? Well, they like to be with the common folk <clears> as they long as they get the their limousine. <laughs> so they're so they're going to like a park and ride. Yeah, and then they get on the the train and then they go to the opera. Hmm. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, that's the kind of guy that Thomas Wayne was. Like he likes to pretend that he's a man of the people, but he's actually still getting a, a ride from his butler to uh, to the park and ride. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of a ridiculous train there. Yeah, and it's got no stops apparently. Um, yeah, a little, a little bizarre. Yeah, uh, among many things in a movie about a guy yeah dressing and, up and like a bat. Can, and, and guys, you can do this with any movie. You can sort of poke holes. Oh yeah, that, that that's why it's fun though. But, this but is why I. It's fun. I but not, nothing more, nothing more fun than poking fun at train infrastructure within movies, because mm-hmm. train infrastructure and uh, you know the waterworks. <laughs> waterworks. These are important questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What as, are my utilities going going for in in Gotham City? Now, more importantly, we've discussed this before amongst ourselves, maybe not on a podcast, but uh, trains exist in movies because there's never been a bad train fight right. in a movie. Like that. Yeah. That's the why. Why does this train system exist? I think the only the the only bad part about this train fight was that it wasn't on the top of the train. Yeah, it some happened reason. to take place in the subway. Um, this might be one but, of the but first. But it's not movies. a subway. It's an elevated train. Yeah, I'm surprised that. Yeah. The, so a lot of times, you know, subway fights tend to be inside the cars. It makes sense, right? Because it's because a subway. Because it's, it's a tunnel, right? Yeah. This is an elevated train, like a Perfect monorail. Channel. Yeah. So they had a, the opportunity to fight on top of the train. Yeah. And you've got Batman. Yeah. And you chose not to do that. You fought inside the train. Still a good fight. But totally. there's never been a bad train fight. Even but, in bad movies, there, there's never been a bad train fight. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, fighting on the top of the trains is yet another Nolan uh, blind spot. He just didn't quite see that, that that was there. What he should have had is four women fighting on the top of this train. Yeah, that could solve all. The, they have to have a conversation. <laughs> they could be uh, just, you know, coworkers insulting each other back and forth. Yeah, but like, as long as you've got no fight. fight, you can't fight me. That, that kind of thing. And they're going <clears> to <throat> fight with guns because that would make sense. <laughs> Correcting all of the problems <laughs> with voice modulating boxes because yes. again, that would make more sense. Well, how would how would that if they were voice modulating boxes? How would that affect the uh, dialogue between women? Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't really know if that's want, part of the, Be the Bechtel you'd, test. You'd, yeah, you'd really want to have a uh, uh, just a regular voices. All right. Anyhow, yeah, that's Batman for you. That is Batman Begins. It was a, it's an excellent film. Yeah, a lot of fun. Totally rewatchable. Uh, definitely rewatchable. I've seen it. I mean, because I have an eleven-year-old boy, I've seen it like thirty times. This is the first <laughs> time for me in a while. This is mm -hmm. this isn't one that's like certainly the Dark Knight because uh, it's on TV a lot. I've seen that I think more, but this one is it, it kind of eludes uh, the frequency of some of these other movies. But it, this was a lot of fun for me to return to. Yeah. So, Dad Bod of the week. So I've got one that's a little a little odd when you, okay. when you first say it. Okay. But given given his uh, his sort of chameleon nature as an actor, mm. Christian Bale could totally pull pull off Dad Bod. Really? Couldn't he? Because he's he's played Dick Cheney. He's did he you has. ever see that movie The Machinist where he was like yeah. super thin, ten pounds? Yeah. <clears throat> so I think. I think we could go Christian Bale, Dad Bod. He could totally pull off Dad Bod. I, I'd be very interested to see him pulling off the Dad Bod and trying to give his child condensed milk in that, <laughs> as a treat. In that, uh, in that 70s movie that he was in with... Uh, oh, yeah. Name? American Jennifer Hustle. Lawrence. American yeah, yeah. Hustle. Yeah, he's got kind of a Dad Bod there. Nice. All right. Well, he's, he's it for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, Shane. All right, so that's the pod podcast for this week. Uh, rate, subscribe, re-rate, resubscribe, review. Find us on social. It's DadPods with a Z. Yeah, tell us if there's other movies you'd like us to dad watch. Yes, we could dad watch lots of things. I think that's what we're going to probably do for a while. We'll probably, after we figure it we'll, off, off air, we'll figure out exactly what we're going to watch for next week. All right. Well, thank you very much, Shane.